Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, everyone. And this is Leif, and welcome to Kingdom Family Talk. And I do have this incredible privilege to introduce you. And I don't even think I need to introduce you, but uh, Leanne Goth is a spiritual daughter. She is a friend. But I think even more important, she is a friend of God. And uh, I've had the honor of uh, walking with her for a very long time. And for some of you didn't know that she was my executive assistant. And actually, we traveled around the world together and done a lot of um, incredible exploration. Both her and her husband, Ray, and their family, we are in covenant relationship. And both Mama Jenna and myself, it's just been beautiful to all these different years walking together. But also for me to be able to, even the very topic we're going to talk, I've been able to walk with her on the journey and watching how a seed of revelation has becoming a tree and now it is a forest and you can see fruit all over the place so welcome leanne hey dad life that's what i call you but uh, hey life how are you today <laughs> i'm doing very very well so tell me a little bit i mean first of all uh I, I complimented that you're looking almost younger now than you did i don't even remember how many years ago but it's about six, seven years ago that that you went into your next uh, adventure after you left the role here at GMA. Well, actually, it's been ten. It was 2013. Wow. <laughs> Time is flying for sure. But it's been sixteen years. Yeah. Um, it's been sixteen years ago that you stepped into my life as a spiritual father. But ten years ago that, um, yeah, I went on to other things that God was calling me into. Yeah, I thought about it. just even just share a little bit of your testimony and your story and your background, because uh, you do have a story from the war zone of El Salvador, Honduras, YWAM, and et cetera, Teen Challenge. But that little bit of the journey that had led up to the topic we're going to talk about today, just for the people, wherever they are in their journey, to get some connection points. Yeah, that sounds great. So first, um, you know, I was raised in... I was raised in the church, okay? A very great denomination right outside of New Orleans. And I'm very thankful for that denomination and my roots of, with that denomination because I'm I'm heaven bound because of them. Um, but, uh, you know, I knew a lot about God, but I didn't really know him. And then, uh, you know, I always had on my heart, even as a kid, uh, missionaries. We ran about 4,000 in our church. I remember Papa Jack came there probably in 2000 and my gosh, when did we go to YWAM? We went to YWAM in 2000, in 1990, uh, 1984. And Papa Jack came to preach uh, in 1982 at our church right outside of New Orleans. And he preached on the rod message. And then I met you a few years later and him. And anyway, that message impacted me. But uh, I, I would sit on the front row of the church when missionaries would come. And that's all I wanted to do was be a missionary growing up. I didn't want to be a doctor or a lawyer or a teacher or anything like that. I just want to be a missionary. And I would just watch all the missionaries speak and, and how they were feeding orphans and building houses for orphans all over the world. And that was a dream that I had. And so, uh, you know, once I met Ray and we got married, you know, I was like, okay, I, I really want to 
I really, we took our first missions trip, actually. Some people may know him that's going to listen to this is Leo Humphrey, uh, Papa Jack knew him. And uh, he was my spiritual father for many years and took Ray and I on our first missions trip in 1982 to the war zones of um, Honduras, Tegucigalpa. And uh, he fathered us in a way for nations and missions and stuff. Um, and so that's, we, we went on our first trip in 1982 and we got bit by the mission bug and got the mission virus even more. Uh, 1984, went to YWAM in Lindale, Texas, and served with them for about two and a half years. And then God planted us in a church just north of Houston called the Worship Center. We were there for about five or six years and served uh, mission pastors, evangelism pastors. Um, and then we had an opportunity to go into Mexico late and serve. And that's where I crashed. I hit rock bottom and I crashed because I was an orphan. And I was working for God instead of living from him. And I was striving and I just thought my identity was being a missionary. And, um, and I crashed hard and we had to come back to the United States and it was not fun. Uh, we did spend 10 years also with teen challenge in the midst of all that season, but that's when I crashed hard and, um, I was suicidal. We found ourselves up in, um, Iowa and, uh, with Heartland church up there in 2002 and, you know, my son-in-law, Christopher, who is a spiritual son of yours, he was always like, oh, you need to go hear this um, event in Toronto with Randy Clark and Heidi Baker and all these people. I had no idea who they were. And I'm like, oh, I've been to Cho's Church in Korea. I've been there, done that. I've been to Brownsville so many times, been there, done that. But I tell you what, when I crashed, I would have done, I would have crawled to get to that place in Toronto. And so I did. And um, basically it was in, my gosh, 2000, October, 2003. And I took my first trip there and got wrecked. Um, God just put me on the floor for two and a half hours and began to uh, pull the orphan spirit out of me and introduce me to daughtership. And at that time, honestly, I did not know anybody that knew how to live our son as a daughter. I knew pastors and evangelists and missionaries and worship leaders and, you know, prophets or whatever, but I didn't know anybody who knew how to do sonship or daughtership. And so I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, that was in, in October, 2003. And I said, Jesus, I need you to teach me how to be a daughter because I don't know how to do this. Oh, I can be a woman of God and a missionary and evangelist, but I do not know how to be a daughter of God. And so for three years exactly to the month, Jesus took me and he showed me how to be a daughter. And then three years later, October 2006, I ran into this man, Leif Hetland, at a Voice of the Apostles event in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. And that's where we connected. And I remember I told you my story of three years exactly before. And you said, oh, you had a baptism of love. And you were the first person that put language to what had happened to me. And that shifted everything. Um, it had already shifted three years before. I didn't, I mean, so much, but you actually put language to it. And so, um, and then, you know, never dreaming that I'd ever go work for you. I had my own ministry and this and that, and we connected and started taking teams to Cuba together. And then I remember one day I was sitting in the car, driving through Cuba, I had a couple of pastors in the back seat, and you are running around trying to get your car booked and do all this stuff. And I'm like, don't you have an assistant do this for you? Like, why are you doing all this? You know, Leif Hetland, the world traveler, the world minister, you know, the ambassador of love. And I'm like, doesn't somebody do this for you? And you're like, well, I have this and that, but no. And I said, well, I'm going to be praying. God sends you someone that you don't have to be doing all this. Never realizing I was praying myself into that position. <laughs> and a few months later, lo and behold, a short story, uh, Ray and I, went to work for you and Mama Jen in December, 2007. And I'll let you jump in now and maybe talk a little bit about that. Then we can move on. Yeah, no, it was a, a very interesting season in regard to, because I didn't know, and I don't think you knew uh, <laughs> what God had in mind when all of this was happening. And I think we went on a very 
interesting, beautiful journey in many different ways of learning this, because I think we all were in a learning curve of what this family paradigm looked like. And you were part of that journey with us. I was learning yeah. to be son of Papa Jack. I was learning how to father. We were learning all of this thing. And I know for some people that are watching uh, that are maybe not so familiar with it, some of this kingdom language. So this has nothing to do with position, but it has all to do with the relationship that God started. But I just realized also that some of the destiny, I feel remembering Cuba, I, one thing that actually offended me back in the days, because in the car, you just burst it up and say, hey, you are a Mordecai and I'm an Esther. And I'm thinking, but Esther is more important than a Mordecai. And, <laughs> and I, didn't, I didn't totally capture before. I remember that day. <laughs> yeah. Later on in the journey, when you realize in the Mordecai, what he did for an Esther and, and set up and part of protocol with the kings and and it, eventually, uh, I had the honor of doing that, to be a Mordecai, to uh, took you with me to Pakistan. I still remember you were wrecked for a whole week, and I still even feel it still after yeah. you start walk into the room with all that imams and the radical imams and Muslim leadership to see the environment changing, the favor coming in, and, and, and this whole thing of learning not just to disciple people, but how do we disciple nations and yeah. what that could look like. So... I think that some of our lessons was more than just the mission and the mission virus or the family paradigm. But I think that was one of those was how do we disciple nation? How do we influence influencers? How do we steward uncommon favor? But also later on, I remember you guys had a very nice minivan, a pretty old <laughs> minivan. And again, I was again, I had been and had an upgrade in regard to some elements where the identity that was affecting more than just salvation and healing, but pretty much all areas of our lives. So I was just even challenging, encourage you and Ray, the moving into a spirit of abundance that Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. And I kind of, I didn't want to dishonor you with a van. I just could see you guys. And later on, you came with an Audi, but Ray and you and started to go through some of the lessons even beyond kingdom economics kingdom finance talking about instead of working for money let money start to work for you and just some of those lessons that i felt was also very important because i, I knew you knew how to be a priest but i also at least in the earliest stages start to introduce a little bit more to the kingly realm and that's why it's very interesting now that i actually just received it today that the, the finished copy, I had the honor of seeing the script and also being walking with you in the journey of to seeing, in a sense, I feel the book is not just going from a missionary to a millionaire, but the book is much more, is realizing that all the way along, there's been a priest and a king in you. And I know that you used yeah. that, First Peter, uh, you're using that actually, the scripture verses for that, that we're a royal priesthood, that so many different believers was kind of a stuck and that part of the things that I think that God had had me in a journey because I, I wrestled with there was a king in me and a priest in me but I, I felt guilty when I started operating in the kingly anointing because the system we were part of that uh, you were either priest or king and if there was a king he was there to yeah. finance the priestly all of that paradigm I had been through that process before and wanted to introduce you and other people that was ready for it and and started that conversation in Florence Alabama and and now here we are uh, maybe I don't know if I imparted too much. No, I, I know that I just had a little, <laughs> little piece of that part of the puzzle, but then watching, including then the time came when and and you served very honorable and faithful, but you always had a greater capacity than what 
there was always a lid here and I knew that lid was there that was just made for the yeah. time for me then to lift the lid release and speak into greatness and what God had placed over your life and and uh, so anyway so I remember that season which was bittersweet but I knew it was the right timing and and as you then started to explore and find that then the rest is both history and it is destiny exactly exactly you know and it's interesting that you say it's missionary and millionaire and you mentioned missionary to millionaire and and correctly but people go oh missionary to millionaire i'm like no 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 i can be a missionary and a millionaire we can be pastors and prosper we can be evangelists and entrepreneurs we can be women with wealth we can do both it, it, that's the thing we've se- separated the pulpit and the 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 ceo desk you know, and, and we've got to realize we can do both. Jesus was priest and king, and we can be priest and king as well. And the main factor, and, and it's the message in this, and I've, t- I've told you, Leif, and, and I talk about you so much in this book because you fathered Ray and I so well in this and flipping our mindset right side up. You know, uh, we needed a right side up because, you know, our kids raised on the mission field, we got care packages when we lived in Mexico and they'd have a, you know, a couple of packs of Oreos and they were rationed two Oreos a day, you know? It's like, this is your two rations of Oreos a day. And then, you know, we had a Jeep, someone gifted us um, from Texas. And in the back floorboard, you couldn't, they couldn't have fallen through, but they were kids, but you could see it was wearing and you could see the road as we drove down through the streets of Mexico. And we thought we were really suffering for Jesus, you know, and it was just not a right mindset. I had, I was thinking about this yesterday. I was reading this devotional and in the devotional, it's a great devotional, but they're saying, you know, Jesus was poor. And I'm like, Nowhere in the Bible does it say Jesus was poor. And so I went and looked it up, and there is a scripture. I can't remember the reference right off, but it says that Jesus was poor in spirit, and he became poor that we might become rich. No more than, you know, he became our sin that we could, you know, be saved from sin. You know, he became, he took on our diseases so we could be free from diseases. And so people, I think, have just really um, mixed this up to kind of have a wrong picture of this. And I think that's one reason people out there don't want what we have. It's like, let me know your God so I can be poor too. Let me know your God so I can live paycheck to paycheck. Let me know your God so I can sell plasma to make ends meet. meet. And that's not that's not the way God is. Somebody sent me a, a Facebook message. I saw it this morning and they sent me this prophet that I have no idea who they are. And it was kind of a warning to me, like I shouldn't be serving money. Well, I don't serve money. Money serves me. All right. Money is not, you know, people are like, money's the root of all evil. I'm like, no, the love of money is, and I don't love, I like money. Okay. But I don't love money and I am not after money, but money again, serving money, but money is serving me. And what we, we talk about in our coaching business, um, that money in the hands of great people, good people will do great things. And so for the kingdom of God, we are actually doing great things. And so that's the message. It's about the message of the book. God, I told you, God could have used a lot of people to write this book, but some reason he, he chose me. And it's the message in the book um, that we can do both. We do not have to separate. We, you know, people go, well, money is evil. I'm like, well, food can be evil too. Look what it's doing. Obesity rates up 42% in America. Do we stop eating? No, we don't get rid of food because food is destroying our bodies. And we don't get rid of money because money can be evil. But money, a $100 bill, I just spoke in a big conference in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, and I had a $100 bill. You taught me how to do this. I had a $100 bill. And I'm like, guys, this is neutral. This is neutral. This can pay for drugs, can pay for a, uh, a prostitute, or it can buy somebody a family Christmas presents that does not have the money or buy the people at the table next to you that you don't even know you can buy their lunch because the spirit of God moves on you. 
And so we've got this so twisted and mixed up and we wonder why people don't want what we have. Yeah, no, it's very good. And I think the scripture verse that comes to my mind that became important, and that is that you cannot have two masters. You're mm -hmm. going to serve one or the other. And you serve the one that meets your need. And I think that the, what I my observation, and I love the poor, I minister among the poor. And so it's uh, so that, that never be in my heart. But I often tell people that people that need money serve money. Mm -hmm. yeah. The tendency is in most of the people that I know that on top of kingdom people that have kingdom wealth and they are not servants of money they are free from money and as a result they can be entrusted with it so it starts mm -hmm. with heart issue and i know that's what you're dealing with a book here there needs to be a heart surgery taking place because orphans mentality and that sometimes what we excuse it's kind of that hey i have a pizza you got a slice that person have a slice and as a result of that maybe there's not a slice for me and that's what the argument is over instead of the papa god owns the bakery and you have a whole different worldview when becoming sons and daughters. And that's why I'm saying that it's more blessed to give than to receive. But how are you going to give something if you don't have something? And I think that was the pain for me for many years, that all, including right now, on whatever level you are at. Not that I serve, but I'm just seeing that the invitation of the Father, that here are some other things, including right now today, uh, I just got the picture. But we are, I'm sending a, a wiring some money. And I know some people even that are listening to here is going to maybe judge me, Paul, but I'm feeling a thousand family, Muslim families in Ramadan, during Ramadan. So when the sun goes down, we are the poor. So I have an opportunity later on to give them the bread of life because I'm taking care of their physical needs. So when they have an issue, they have a need. I have an opportunity because I have abundance with my loaves of fishes i fed the multitudes now you have 12 baskets left over and part of that i have an opportunity so people say how oh, are you reaching these muslim why is this door open because that i had abundance enough to be able to bless a thousand families to ramadan and when this feast is over after ramadan we also have an opportunity i'm going to share the gospel with these people exactly exactly and you know the whole book is based on the scripture deuteronomy 8 18 that God has given us the ability to create wealth. And I was doing a Zoom with a, an evangelist a couple of weeks ago, and I was sharing about the book. And I said, yeah, this scripture, Deuteronomy 8.18. And I mean, they're all about evangelism and they wear a Jesus t-shirt every day. You know, I mean, it's every, they put signs in Atlanta. They're in Atlanta. They put signs on every street corner, come to know Jesus. Jesus loves you and everything. And I mentioned that scripture and she literally pulled up on the laptop and pulled up Deuteronomy 8.18 and, and read it. And she was shocked that it was there. And I said, most people, we don't hear that, that scripture. And so that we've been able, God says, I've given you the ability to create wealth. And some people are like, well, you know, you're, you're serving, you're serving money, but you know what people that don't have money, they're serving money too, Leif, because they go to bed at night wondering how they're going to pay their electric bill. How are they going to pay the house note? How are they going to put food on the table? So money is driving them constantly in their mind where I can go to bed at night. And you taught me this, that I can make money while I'm sleeping and I'm not serving money, but money is serving me. So I am not, I, when I was pastoring up in Ohio several years ago, I did four week, um, four weeks on kingdom finances. And one Sunday I said, give me five minutes with your checkbook and I'll tell you who your God is. Because if you don't have money, you're still serving money. Yeah. You know, it's not serving you. You're serving money. And so I, just your story on Pakistan. I, you know, I was in, in back in Cuba uh, last month and we took, you know, we have a huge uh, movement going on with the women there and your spiritual daughter, my spiritual sister, Aki is like raising up this 
incredible mass movement amongst the women. I'm going to be back in May and they're starting the school again. And the first day of the four month school is on identity. They've said, can you come and speak? And because we carry identity so well. And I said, sure. But you know what? Those women, her, her leadership team of 10 women, they're tired. You know what it's like in Cuba right now in this season, the last three years, well, last 60 something, but especially the last three years, they are tired. And Aki said, Leanne, when you come in February, can you just take my ministry board and can we just go somewhere and you just pour into them? So you know this, I got the best hotel, five-star hotel uh, in Veradero. I got rooms for them. I treated them like queens. I brought them gifts. And ten of the, five of those 10 women, Leif, had never stayed in a hotel before. Never stayed in a hotel. And I treated them like queens. And we spent two days just loving on each other and pouring into them. And they went to the beach and they had fun. But you know what? I didn't have to. It cost me $2,500 for that. And I told him, I said, can stay in hotels like this, not priest. I said, when I was a priest and Aki, you knew me when I was a priest, I could never have brought you here because I thought like a priest and I lived like a priest and that's not wrong, but I did not, I was not thinking like a king back there and Jesus was priest and king. And so I said, but king stay in a hotel like this. And I'm prophesying this over to you that in the future, you will be bringing your queens here and you're going to be leading it and you're going to be able to take care of women here. But the point is, I didn't have to check my checkbook to do that, Leif. When it was before I got the understanding of functioning, not just as a priest and worship and evangelism and fasting and, you know, pastoring and all these different things that priests do, um, I would never have been able to do that. And I always have to, if God would have laid on my heart to give a thousand dollars in a conference to a missionary speaking, I'd have to go check my checkbook and can we afford that? What are we going to not pay so we could pay that and this and that. Now, if God lays on my heart to give here or there or to Pakistan, wherever it is, I don't have to check my checkbook. Because now we live in abundance. Ray and I were always good givers, but now we're, I mean, extraordinary abundant givers. And so that's just getting the mindset right side up. And, and <clears throat> you know, I, I talk to people about this all the time. Leif, you may have not have done this because you grew up in Norway, but in America, you know, it's kings that shift um, cultures. Kings are at the top of the mountains. Priests aren't. Kings make decrees. Priests pray. Kings are wealthy, priests are poor, okay? And all these dynamics that go on between the priest and the king. But in America, we used to play a game. Kids probably still do it. It's called King on the Mountain. And so there may be a mound of dirt in someone's yard as I was growing up, you know? And we go, let's play King on the Mountain. And whoever could stay on the mountain the longest, that's the ones that was King of the Mountain. And you'd, you'd, you'd make sure nobody got on the mountain. You were always the king. Well, I find that most Christians, they don't even know what to do with the mountain. They don't go near the mountain. They don't know how to get to the mountain. And they surely don't know how to get to the top of the mountain. And so the book is really about what we're carrying in the season. And you've done so well at that. And going is, is thinking as a king, shifting cultures. And so that we can really, I don't know, that we can really transform, whether it's our community, a city, a state, a nation, that we can actually transform it because we are hanging out with kings. Daniel, Esther, Joseph, you know, they all knew how to hang out with kings and they were able to shift cultures. They didn't just act as, as priests, function as priests, but also as kings as well. And actually, you know, we know Joseph, he became like second in command of a nation. So, and well, Esther was a queen. One other thing I love about both you and even some of the people that you mentioned there, because I know a lot of great kings, but they don't have the priestly heart. And that's mm -hmm. what with David, he was both a worshiper and he was a warrior. So in a sense, he, he went into the secret place and he got so overwhelmed by, by the Lord that nothing else could overwhelm him. And then he could step in because he had the identity of the lamb. So he could operate with the authority as a lion. 
and I watch that with you. I mean, so still your value system is, is present. Your value system is, if I have Jesus, I have everything. But if I have everything and I, I don't have Jesus, I have nothing. So the value system of the heart, all kingdom matters as matters of the heart. And yes. so the clarity, I think that you would have been in great danger. That's just my opinion. If you hadn't gone through the process of getting your identity first, because I think 100%. that- yeah, so the identity needed to be the first being a daughter, then becoming a friend of God, and then you can moving into that. So, and you had a priestly, you do know how to get oil. You do know the value of stewing oil of intimacy with your lover. And you didn't get your value. As you said, you, you were faithful when you had one talent, but then you stepped in and decided now with two and then with five. And I watched it, how you, because I've been part of the process, sitting down, if that was in Nashville, if that was in Columbus, Ohio, different places when you were in a transition where he's going to trust you with more, the times when you had to give up to go up and watching your heart navigating the different season. What are you thinking is some of the biggest hindrances for people that are out there? Because uh, we are aware that there's both the priest and king and, and different people. Not everybody is called to be an entrepreneur and a CEO directly in itself, but everybody is called to making sure that the Christ in them, the hope of glory, is not just a priest. He is both a priest and a king and a prophet, and to making sure that. So I think that everyone at least could lift the lid of the limitation that either religion or systems or bad theology or something has put on people that are keeping them from the very thing that God has called each one of us to do, and also including finishing our well or leaving a legacy for our children or grandchildren, and et cetera. So what would be some of the lessons you have seen and you're meeting a lot of different people, hindrances that stop people or the fear of even moving in or talking even about the kingly realm? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You're, you're mentioning the heart of the priest. And if you think about it, how do they say it? The epod, the priest wore the epod and it had the stones on the heart, but the king wears the crown with the stones in the, in the crown. So we have to feel with the heart of a priest, but we have to think with the heart of a, uh, with the mind of a king, kings, no strategies, kingdoms, kings network. And so I think the biggest thing, and you're right, if I would have not known my identity as beloved daughter, who God was very well pleased with and been functioning as a missionary. And this business would have came into our life almost six years ago and blew up our finances. Oh, I would have been serving money. I can guarantee you. But because I had that alignment with father, God in heaven, father um, with you as well. And, and, and keeping that, that priest first, that daughtership first. Um, and then I could do the kingship. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the daughtership and it has to go first. Then you can do the kingship. Um, when I was, I asked this question, a lot of the areas I speak in, and uh, I was doing this in Dallas a couple of weeks ago with about a thousand coaches in our organization. And I spoke on um, going from good to great. Will you settle for good or go for great? And I was talking about, um, I said, there's a scripture that we all, we miss, we miss so much. And anytime I mention the scripture and I ask for the third part of it, nobody knows what it is. And I said, in the book of Acts, Peter, uh, sorry, Paul, he is called to the Jews, the Gentiles, and the, and nobody knows the answer. And a lot of these people, in fact, a very good friend of ours, that's one of a huge evangelist in the nations. That's one of the coaches in our organization. I'm like, Hey, so-and-so, what is it? You should know it. And he was sitting out there and he didn't know it, but nobody knows it. But Paul was called to the Jew, the Jews, the Gentiles and the Kings. And if we're going to be called the kings and we're going to shift cultures, we have got to know how to reason and think and, and network as kings. And so I think that 
first, the biggest hindrance would be knowing who we are and whose we are. And if we don't have that in place and in alignment, then we will never be a part of the assignment. This is the priest daughtership. This is the, the, the king and it's kingship. All right. And for me, I have to have both of those in place and Leif, I'll get up in the morning and I'll go, okay, is we have assignment in both of those realms. We have the priestly assignment and we have the kingly assignment. If I feel like the kingly assignment is, is really overcoming the priestly assignment, I need to back off and I need to go, wait, 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 I got to go in that priestly anointing. Okay. And if I feel like the priestly anointing is just really going like way strong and my kingly is coming down, I've got to really begin to kind of pull. I, and you taught me this four years ago, this July, sitting in a restaurant in Nashville. When I sat across here, I said, how do you balance? And my business wasn't anywhere at that point that it is today. But I said, Dad, Leif, how do you balance business and ministry? And you said, you don't. You learn the rhythm. And man, that was a huge impact for me. And I can tell you for four years, I've been learning the rhythm, the heavenly rhythm of business and ministry. And it's called business tree. And so learning that rhythm, and if I feel like my rhythm is off and it's too much king here, then I have to really begin to walk into the rhythm of, of, of going into heaven and going, okay, how do I make sure that I'm in that, that rhythm with the priestly anointing going as well? And so that shifted, and I had to be intentional, very intentional over the last four years because I'm so used to ministry, doing the priest thing. I can do the priest thing and I can be praying for someone in the conference at the end, they're asking me about the business. And I'm like, that's no, no problem. But if I'm in a, a big event and there's all these coaches in our organization and we're talking about the business and thankfully the majority of them are believers. So we can talk about God very freely. And they're ta we're talking about the business and this and that. And then someone comes to me afterwards and says, um, Hey, can you pray for me? I'm like, Oh yeah, I do that too. Don't I, you know? And so I've gotten much better with that. You know, it took a couple of years for me to go, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a priest too. You know, I can still do that in the business realm. So learning that rhythm has been, and I think if we do that, and you taught me how to hang out with, with kings, whether it was in the Philippines, whether it was in a lot of different in, in Pakistan, in the United States, we would go into um, settings where there, there was millionaires in there. Mm -hmm. And me, just thinking as a priest, I'm like, oh, how do I relate to a millionaire? Today, I can relate to millionaires, thus missionary and millionaire. I can do both. I can be a priest and a king. Mm, so good. So good. And I, I've often thought about because we have a tendency and it's easy. Uh, Heidi and I also, we were just together this week and Heidi Baker, but we all were very good at taking care of the poor and the needy and everything else. But Zacchaeus, how do we, there's a lot of people, very few people that could minister to an Elon Musk or a Bill Gates or uh, any of the people in, in a sphere. And so Zacchaeus was also very important to Jesus. Jesus stopped, he reorganized his schedule, said no to the masses, came to Zacchaeus' home spend their time with Zacchaeus for no agenda. The byproduct of that was that Zacchaeus got transformed because the way that Jesus loved him. And I, I think even there that for us as a church, if we are going to be like Jesus, learning the ways of Jesus, who was both a priest and a king and a prophet in one, then it is going to be very important for us also to not forget that there is a lot of Zacchaeus that is out there, but we also need to know their language and that's our responsibility exactly. in their culture. And I think that's yeah. what you're beautifully helping us in this book it's uh, like having a textbook and again as I said I'm going to read it again uh, I've read it when the script was there but I do feel it is so valuable for this season for all of us uh, if you want to give us also some wisdom in regard to first of all for people to know how to connect with you but I know that the first thing we would like and we're going to make sure that everybody will have access how to get hold of this book but that's just a starting point there's other things uh, tell me also a little bit about just your business you because I've watched, and 
this is a challenge, including I'm starting a cleanse tomorrow, a little fast, just pending the invitation. I was just with Randy Clark uh, today, but it was, we spent six days together and I was with Heidi Baker three days uh, during this week. And then we talked about it. How do we finish well? How do we finish strong? I did a podcast today about the finishing anointing. If Jesus is the author, but he's also the finisher of our faith, what does the finisher anointing look like? And one of the biggest convictions to some of us was not just the Sabbath, but it was the, the, the food that we're putting in our body. It was the very thing. And Randy brought it up, Heidi brought it up, I brought it up in this thing. There's something that God is now, and I know that I watch you, and I watched in my mirror most of the health issue, and I'm just being very transparent. Most of the health issue I have is connected to an overload, meaning that I did not love myself well enough. I did not take enough time to get the proper rest, proper nutrition, drinking the water. There's no guilt over this. Didn't keep the Sabbath, but you just had, it's like a car going with such a high RPM for so long. And then you just put some fuel to get going again. And that has been not just me, but a conviction. So I know that if only 7% of the believers finish well, one of the area, and I know this became your assignment, you saw that, you looked in the mirror, and you recognized there needs to be change, and change is difficult. And that started the process. But as a result of that, there was not the purpose in the beginning it was going to be a business. It was something that changed your life. And now you're changing thousands of lives. You're feeding your you brought your loaves and fishes to Jesus. Now you had the multitudes and the stories all over the place. And now with the 12 baskets left over, that's what we're talking about. So share a little bit about that, your journey, your health journey, and how that became then a business. And then as a result of that, uh, that probably also what gives a lot of authenticity also to this book. Yeah, thanks. And so, yeah, I was, um, you know, and never, I was always lean, even after having two kids, but in June 22nd, 2010, my adrenal glands flatlined, they crashed. I had no idea we even had those things. Uh, I'm an expert almost on them now, but they crashed. And one of the main things your adrenal glands produce is the hormone cortisol. So it messed up my hormones and I started putting on weight I never had before. I never had to, ever had to worry about weight. And so June 21st, 2010, I was doing a hundred ab um, crunches on my ab coaster. I was riding my outdoor bike. June 22nd came in and my body crashed. Um, I got, you know, long story short, I got through that season, had to rebuild my adrenal glands and work on and, and begin to focus on me um, and, and what I was doing to my body that was not good, was not right. And I know I have an assignment on my life for the kingdom of God. My two main passions and every day when I get up is nations and equipping empowering leaders. And so I'm not going to be able to do the best and serve them if I'm not serving myself first and foremost well. And so, but because of that crash in my hormones, um, I found myself, it was six years in May, Leif, six years in May, we were on our way to Pakistan and we were in Dubai and God spoke very clearly to me. You need to get a hold of your health. Uh, you won't finish well. I was pushing a size 14. I was used to an eight. I was popping Tums every night before bed, like candy. I was on joint pain medication. I knew my identity as beloved daughter, but I didn't like the way I looked in the mirror, the way my clothes fit or the way I felt. And I was dragging. I mean, I would, I would go on an international trip and come back and it would take me four or five days just to 
kind of regroup and everything. Now I go and I come back and by that night I'm emptying my suitcase and I'm running again. Um, and so I didn't know what God spoke to me, get a hold of your health. You won't finish well. And I said, well, I won't diet because I never knew anyone a diet worked for. And then I saw friends of ours at our church in Iowa melting away on Facebook and they were looking really good doing it. You know, most of these people um, very well. And so I actually, I was pastoring in Ohio at the time. And I took a plane in July, 2017, flew from Ohio to Iowa. And I sat in a coffee shop, looked across the table. And I said, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to look like you because you look amazing. They were thriving. They looked healthy. And then I said, and I don't know what it is to coach with you if you make $50 a month, but everybody on the planet deserves the right to be to look like you. So I became a client coach at the same time, lost three and a half, 35 pounds in three and a half months, got back into a size eight, reset my metabolism, haven't taken any time since July 2017. And uh, the, the great news is that within our program, we don't just teach people. If people want to diet, I say, I can't help you. But if you want to get healthy and as a result, you can lose weight, get off CPAP machines. You're going to get off some, if not all medications, you're going to have more energy. You're going to sleep better. Um, I can help you do that. And so now you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, we don't, we, we, we coach people to get the weight off and keep it off for longevity and be a healthier, better. I just turned 67 and I feel 47. Like people go, how did you do that? I say, God in our health program, Optavia. I mean, that's the way I did it. And so um, now we we have served almost 50,000 people in almost six years because of my yes. And that impacts me every day that if six years ago, I would not have said yes to this, this book wouldn't have been written. Ray and I wouldn't able to be, give, be able to bless people, nations freely. And I would probably be well over 200 pounds today and miserable if this program had not find, found us and the business. The business, God spoke to me about a year and a half into coaching. He said, I gave you the program for your health, but I gave you the business for your finances that you can go where you want to go, do what you want to do and give to who you want to give to. And money will never be a question. Don't ask me for it again. And we've not had to. And you know, that's truly. That is true. And I think also what is true is that I've been sitting down with, first of all, dozens of people that are just most of them. I mean, of those dozens, I'm a spiritual father to them. So I've watched their life being changed. And the other thing is I've seen the glow on people's faces, people getting their marriages back. I just heard mm -hmm. one of them that's connected to you there. That's the spiritual daughter of mine. Just, I heard a testimony that's her father-in-law just passed away. And again, just describe what she saw when she was looking in the mirror and her struggle and hearing again, another transformative story. And then I went down and I met with a lot of your key coaches and you brought me into the kind of the chair number one, uh, looking at kingdom wealth from a chair number one perspective and loving on some of those coaches. But it brought tears to my eyes when I saw story after story after story from Mormons to all kinds of background of different people that was talking about the, trans, the transformation. And Jesus, he received a lot of glory in that meeting. Actually, you guys baptized people there in the, in the business yeah. meeting. <laughs> people are coming through the doors of our business, will not go through the doors of the church, and they're getting saved and getting right with God. It's amazing. No, so I've seen, I've seen the fruit of it, and I've seen very healthy fruit. And I've said that to people everywhere. I mean, they can say whatever they want to. The only thing is, I do know, I know your story, but it's not your, your story. I have watched the story after story all over of the people that what God is doing, but also the program that you have, it is working. And I've done it myself. I know it's working. And it is, it's just such a blessing. But I also see how you have steered that again now to be able to continue. You didn't just give that up. You found a rhythm and you're still going to the nations. You're still discipling nation. You're raising up leaders and empowering leaders, probably on a greater level I've ever seen before. And now I think that even with the book, what you're doing here, and this is my humble opinion, I think that what you're doing now is going to multiply yourself 
on a whole different uh, level. So I think that for me, the book is just a, a basic textbook for people in a sense. It's, a, it's the basic. Then they can moving into the next level. But this is a foundation, I think, that anyone, anyone that is out there that is longing for more, you want to get healthy. I think it is not just about going from a missionary to a millionaire and the priestly and the kingly. I think it has to do with both the health, wealth, and wisdom to become everything that he has called us to do and to be able to finish well. And I do want you to release an impartation because sometimes here's just where I'm going to end my little change is very difficult for people, including myself. I'm going through some changes again. And change happens because we hurt enough way where we have to. And that's what you did. You win a situation, the health situation, I need to change. So I do whatever it takes, whatever it costs, 2017. But then you started to learn enough where you want to. Well, this is not a diet. This is something else. And suddenly you were picking up, there's something here that you were learning and I, I want to change. But then the third one also, there was a grace, grace, grace that came in where you received enough where you were able to. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have said yes to the first, to the third one also came in and there's grace. And I feel that you have a grace over your life to help the multitude that are hurting enough now. I want to change, including finances. They're tired of being tired, paycheck to paycheck, the struggles, all the things that they cannot do people that have dreams but it cannot be a reality and money is often the biggest interest but they're also yeah. now learning enough even as we're doing this podcast or they're reading your book or they're suddenly sensing i do want to change i'm willing to do what it takes but sometimes we also need that grace just that grace from god tapping into god's ability where we get the empowerment now to take the step forward one step at a time one day at a time and then starting to say a big yes and i feel that you have an impartation and I want you to just ministering to the people on that and let's release that over all of our kingdom family out there. I want all of us to be healthy. I want all of us to finish well. I want all of us to burn brightly without burning out. But I also want that priest and that king that is in us, that for people it's going to look differently for different people, but at least that people will have the identity, but also the authority of both the priest and king in their life so that John 17, 4, that you will glorify you. You will glorify him here on earth and that you will finish everything that he called you to do. John 17, 4. Mm. Living such a lifestyle of glory that you will bring glory to him but also finish everything that he called you to do. That's what Jesus mm. came to do, John 17, 4. So if you could pray for me, pray for us, pray for our family, and then afterwards let's just all of us just make sure we have our textbook and then let's stepping into it and experiencing the freedom that jesus came to give each one of us yeah i'd love to do that let me just say anybody that would like that textbook um and by the way it's missionary millionaire but this the subtitle transforming cultures as priests and kings that's just as important as the title okay because yeah. that's what the book is really about about not being a missionary millionaire, but transforming cultures as priests and kings. You can get it at Amazon. Um, you can also, if you're interested in our health program, the health, the coaching business, which is phenomenal, you can go to my website, leangoffministries.org. And there's actually a tab and a link at the top. You can click into that and it gives you a lot of information, a free wellness survey. But uh, yeah, I would love just to declare a blessing over everyone. So Father, God, I really believe you said you desire us to be healthy in spirit, soul, and body. And God, we talk about um, the spirit and the soul so much, but God, you actually made the body first, God. Now, spirit and soul was, spirit was definitely around, okay? But in Genesis, you took um, intricate 
um, intentional time to create our bodies, God. And then you filled us with the spirit. But God, so many times we neglect, neglect our bodies, Father. God, we're going after the spirit and spirit. I honor you. You are so important. But I was not doing a very good job of stewarding this body so that you could be comfortable as the spirit inside of this body. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, um, I just thank you that you created our bodies and God then filled us with the spirit. And I just, God, I, I truly believe that you are looking for sons and daughters, sons and daughters, not evangelists or missionaries. I mean, God, that's what we do. That's not who we are. We are sons and daughters, God, that are, are, are desiring to, to steward God, our bodies, our spirit and our soul, but to go beyond that and steward the finances you desire to bless us with. Father, Jesus was not poor. His mom and dad weren't poor. They were entrepreneurs. They had businesses. And Jesus could have done, he could have built a table just to get to pay more, to buy something or give something away. Um, But I believe you've given us the ability to create wealth so that we can take care of just not ourselves, but we can take care of serving hundreds of thousands of thousands and thousands and thousands, Father. And so, um, God, I just, for those that are desiring um, their own business. I'm just releasing, and it doesn't have to be health coaching. It, it could be something else. I know one of our coaches came into um, this business because they wanted to have a, their business. They were an entrepreneur, and then they lost 80 something pounds and have kept it off for like two and a half years because of our program. But whatever that is, they have a desire to have a business themselves. And whatever that is, Holy Spirit, speak to them. I know someone asked me recently, how do they, what do they do? How, where do they start? And I said, be still and know you. Know you, God, because you are not going to, you're going to give us what we're asking for. And so I would just suggest be still and say, Father, I want a business. Would you speak to me, Holy Spirit? Show me where do I start? And that is making sure you're in alignment as a son, as a daughter. And then he's going to show you what he's called you to do. And so, Father, help us be wise stewards of our spirit. Help us to be wise stewards of our soul. Help us to be wise stewards of our body. And help us to be wise steward of the finances that you want to bless us with. And I know, God, I went through the test of finances, three massive tests of finances a few years ago, eight, nine years ago. And then when I passed those tests, you show, you, you saw, I proved, God, that I could be trusted with abundance. So, Father, I want to be have abundance in my health. And I want all of our friends, all of our family, all of those that are listening or watching this to be blessed with health to be blessed with health in their finances, in their body, in their spirit, in their soul. And so Holy Spirit, just come speak to each person individually. They may be healthy in their spirit. They may not be healthy in their body. They may be healthy in their finances, but they're not healthy in their spirit. Whatever, wherever we're lacking, where we have lack, Holy Spirit, come in and graciously and gently speak to us. And then give us the ability, give us the strength, give us the strategy to respond in that way that you'd have us respond. And I just thank you, Father, for this time. And I thank you, God. You're so good. You are such a great, incredible, amazing Father. And we thank you that we get to be your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I just wanted to release Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. He says, come. Come to me. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy, heavy laden. He says, I will give you rest but here's that he says take my yoke upon you this is the yoke of a priest and a yoke of a king Mm -hmm. and learn that's the word learn learn from the priest learn from the king learn from me learn from me because i am low meek and humble in heart learn from my heart and i will give you rest 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 
for your soul. So I thank you, Jesus, that you are our example for us to follow in your footsteps. And Thanks. I just wanted to bring glory to yourself. I thank you for Leanne, and I thank you for the gift that she is in my life, into my marriage, our family, to GMA as a family, to the movement, but also just uh, even for the way she has steward what she has become, but also to make this available to us. I thank you for the gift this book is to so many of us, the book that so many of us wish that we had 10 or 20 years ago, that it is available right now. And I'm just asking now for the whole movement that what we have out there. Let us just hear testimonies after testimonies and the stories of people. Mm -hmm. And especially I feel for pastors and many people in ministry, when up to 70% of people in ministry said, if it was not for money, I would have probably chosen something else in this season. Because mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's been hard. So I just wanted to minister mm -hmm. to you. For some of you, it is not that you're going to run away from the ministry, but you just wanted to find that, that freedom that you have, the freedom to not to depend on that. I thank you that you have given me that freedom. Thank you that I get to actually be a volunteer for Global Mission Awareness, volunteer mm -hmm. to the nation, and that you have been bought through business, bought through some other gifts. You're giving me the freedom and the opportunity to be able to be free. And I thank you that you're going to continue. You're going to continue to set people free because free people will set people free. Transform yes. people will yes, transform yes. into people. So I thank you. This yes. is invitation to experiencing the transformation as priests and kings. Let it be mm. manifested in every hall, that mm. be manifested in every business and church. Mm. It was mm. a manifestation of the sons and daughters of glory, that creation right now is moaning and groaning, but a manifestation of those sending and given sons and daughters to be revealed. And in that sonship and daughtership, it is not just a priest, it is also a king. So let both yes. of those be on display to each one of us. I release that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 Sure. Wow. Ah. Mm. That's good stuff. Oh, I feel the presence. <laughs> Everyone, I hope that you will, uh, I think Leanne mentioned Amazon, and or you can going on and just even look up the, the name Leanne Goff and just find out. And even if you are on a health journey, I highly recommend it. Just this is, this is a gift to us. And if you don't want just a diet, but you just want a lifestyle so that you can mm. finish. So I love you and Thank you so much, Leanne, for taking these few moments and just sharing with our family some of the things that I know is going to bring transformation to so many people, but the effect that's going to have on the world. Thank you. Thank you, Leif. Daddy Leif, love you big. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.